We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye hitting you with a solo recap of the Nets loss to the Pistons, 130-122. One of the most disappointing losses of the season. We're going to jump with that in plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at the Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But as I mentioned, you know, this was a game the Nets needed to win. You know, going against the Pistons, one of the worst teams in the league, missing some of their best players, including Cade Cunningham, you know, Marvin Bagley being out, some other guys banged up on this roster. You know, Nets have a one point lead at halftime and get destroyed in the second half by a Pistons team that is not very good. And a lot of it was on the defensive end, allowing the Pistons to score 43 points in the third quarter and 29 points in the fourth quarter. The Nets offensively, again, similar to last night's loss to Philadelphia, able to maintain offensively. You know, 27 in the first, 32 in the second, 31 in the third, and 32 in the fourth. That's good enough offensively. It's the defense in which held them back in this game, and it was bad. You know, the Pistons were able to get to their spots, and the Nets were only able to force 11 turnovers uh, against a Pistons team that doesn't necessarily have, you know, many true point guards or veteran ball handlers other than Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich, who didn't even play well in this game. You know, this was extremely disappointing. You know, the really only two Nets who were good in this game were Nick Claxton and Kyrie Irving, and they were both really good. There was just a ton of role players across this roster that played terrible in this game. You know, also credit to Edmund Sumner, who was a little sporadic, but had big moments, was 7 of 10 from the field, did finish with 24 points, but we'll jump into him a little bit later. Looking at the negatives, again, the defense was terrible. The rebounding was atrocious, giving the Pistons 15 offensive rebounds, some of them coming, you know, being at pure size and, you know, the Nets playing small at different points, but there's also enough loose balls and enough rebounds that hit the floor at least once, and the Nets were not able to capitalize on that. Just a really bad performance and there's no other way to look at it. You know, uh, again, there was a couple guys that played well, but numerous guys were bad in this game. You know, going down the list, you look at Ben Simmons, you look at TJ Warren, you look at Joe Harris, you look at Royce O'Neal, you look at Patty Mills, you look at Markeith Morris, you look at Cam Thomas, just numerous players just did not step up in this game. And there were opportunities for guys to have bigger roles with obviously Kevin Durant still being out and Seth Curry missing this one. 
but they just did not capitalize. I guess starting off with Ben Simmons, who did leave this game with left knee soreness after being poked in the eye, this was probably one of his worst performances of the season. You know, maybe some of it's injury related, but at the end of the day, if you're out there, you're there's a level of expectation. And I think not only the lack of offensive aggression and enthusiasm on that end of the floor hurts a team, but defensively in this game, he was not good. He was minus 12 in this one, finished with zero points, 0 of 3 from the field, 7 assists, 1 rebound, 3 turnovers, and 1 steal. Ben was a net negative on both ends of the floor. And it's getting to the point where the Nets look substantially better at times with him off the floor. And he's providing no impact on the game. And yeah, he's getting the occasional transition assist or easy pass to a wide open shooter, but it's just not there. It's just not there for him in terms of the way he's attacking the rim. He's so hesitant offensively. It's just Ben is a net negative offensively. He's constantly in the way of guys driving to the rim. He And when he does roll, it's not with enthusiasm and not with purpose. And I think defensively, you know, he's supposed to be this defensive player of the year candidate, especially if you're, you know, hindering the offense you should be putting all your effort in defensively there's too many possessions where this guy is not even raising his arm up to contest a shot you know this is where it's getting to a point where there there's no real hope or faith that he's going to turn around the season and it's impossible to defend him at this point with the way he's playing the effort he's playing with it's just not good enough for a guy that was expected to be you know a third star a fringe all-star maybe with his team and or even at the very least you know have a chance to make the all-defensive team and right now Ben Simmons is looking like a bad role player you know in this game obviously there's been moments where he's been okay but for a player of his caliber and his talent to play at this level against a team like the Detroit Pistons is just not acceptable. And I think everything has to be on the table for the Nets moving forward with Ben Simmons. And that means benching him, trading him, whatever's best for the team, because it's pretty clear this player at this moment is not going to help the Nets win games in the playoffs. And that's just being objective. And that's the course of the entire season. He's had maybe two weeks of good play and maybe 10 quarters in the last month of good play. It's just not good enough for the expectations, especially with the negative impact he's having on the floor. If there was some level of positive impact, you could definitely see, you know, the reasoning of rolling it out with him or, you know, having faith that he'd be good down the stretch, but it's just not there. And it sucks. And obviously he was the biggest component of that James Harden trade. And right now, You'd rather have a half-assed James Harden than a Ben Simmons at this point, but. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Obviously, that'll be a, a continued topic for the rest of the season. Uh, another guy who I thought was really disappointing in this game was Joe Harris. Joe Harris, you know, has had his hot and cold moment shooting wise, but defensively in this game, he was as bad as you can be. You know, and that was on ball, off ball, fouling, whatever it is. He played like a rookie defensively in this game, you know, giving guys cushions in situations where they look comfortable shooting, fouling guys when it was not necessary, overly contesting, you know, that contest on Killian Hayes that turned into a flagrant one. It's just, what are you doing out there, Joe Harris? You're a veteran, you know better than this. And then offensively, you know, getting that shot swatted late in this game that eliminated really any chance for the Nets to make that run. It's just, he's not doing enough. And it's sad to say, and we've mentioned it plenty of times this season, you know, it's the ankle injury, you know, the surgery that he had on those ankles with the confidence coming down. He's just not that impact player. He's been extremely sporadic. And he's a guy at this point that you feel better in the back half of your rotation. You know, a guy that's maybe in that seven to 10 spot where, you know, he might give you a good game, but you're not necessarily counting on him. And it's disappointing. You know, Joe Harris and Ben Simmons are two guys going to the season. There were expectations for them to have a large role with this team and contribute to the success and probably be in the top five, top six players in the team. And right now, neither guy is in the top five or top six, especially over the course of the last month. You're looking maybe in the top 10 and even at times maybe out of that. So disappointing game for Joe, disappointing season. Uh, another guy who has been really rough over the course of the last few weeks has been TJ Warren. He also left this game with an ankle sprain, finished with two points, one of five from the field, 0 of two from three, two rebounds, one assist, one turnover. But I think, uh, again, this has been a point we've touched on the pod over the last couple weeks is he's been very timid offensively, you know, not looking for physicality in any way whatsoever. And defensively in this game was getting blown by everyone. Even when he was playing in a zone defense, he was having issues, you know, having a positive impact defensively. And then a defensive communications with him and Markeith Morris and Joe Harris and Royce O'Neal and Utah Watanabe. It's just a lot of mistakes from veterans against a team like Detroit that is filled with young talent and rookies and sophomores and guys, you know, even trying to fight for their NBA life, you know, guys like TJ Warren can't outplay them. And again, you know, he's coming back from a serious injury and did leave this game with an injury, but if you're out there, there's some level of expectation with Seth being out, you were hoping to maybe get a 20 point game from TJ Warren and you got essentially the opposite of that and got a two-point game. And again, really bad defensively. Uh, moving over to another veteran, uh, Royce O'Neal, who started obviously in this game, finished with three points, one of seven from the field, one of five from three, three rebounds, one assist, one steal, one turnover. And we know Royce is going to have these bad games from three and these limited impact games offensively, but defensively in this game, he was also terrible. Could not stay in front of anyone and was committing fouls. You know, he fouled out of this game. Another guy who had a negative impact on both ends of the floor, Royce O'Neal. And it gets to a point when you're having, you know, Joe Harris, Ben Simmons, Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren, Markeith Morris, all having negative impacts on both ends of the floor, you're just not going to win the game. You just really don't necessarily have enough players to win the game without Kevin Durant or someone having, you know, a godly performance. And, you know, 
Kyrie Irving pretty much did that with a 40-point game, and Claxton did that with a career-high 27 points. But still, the other guys were so bad, it prevented the Nets from winning this game. And again, a lot of it is defense. You know, you're going to have bad shooting nights. They're going to happen, especially in the second out of a back-to-back. But the defensive effort, the engagement, and the communication from veterans, role players that are supposed to, you know, not make their money there, but be able to check a box there was not at an acceptable level for a team that wants to contend for a championship. And it's something Sean Marks has to look at. And we echoed that on the trade podcast. We've echoed that after a lot of losses this season. There has to be some level of consistency from your role players. And even that's not shooting. That's just the effort, the engagement, and making the right decisions. And too many times out there, guys are not playing up to the level they need to play, especially against a bad opponent. Again, this is not you know, the Boston Celtics or the Golden State Warriors or one of the best teams in the league. We're talking about the Detroit Pistons, a team that's struggling and tanking the season and missing their best player in Cade Cunningham and their second best player, Boyan Bogdanovich, had a bad game and the Nets still lose at home by eight points to this team. It's bad. And Jock Vaughn wasn't awesome in this game, but again, this is it's hard to win NBA games when you have so many players having a negative impact on the floor. I guess getting to some guys that were, you know, okay to good in this game, Utah Watanabe uh, finished with eight points, two of five from the field, one of three from three, three of three from the free throw line, five rebounds, three offensive, one block, one turnover, was plus eight. You know, Utah was solid enough to win the game. He wasn't great, he wasn't bad, but he was good enough that he could fill in his 24 minutes and have a level of positive impact. So Utah did his job tonight. As I mentioned, Edmund Sumner in 20 minutes had 24 points, 7 of 10 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 turnovers. Was the guy that played with that energy and effort level that you love to see. You know, was able to attack the Pistons in the paint, get to the rim, get to the free throw line. So Sumner, another guy who was good in this game, you know, probably the third best net potentially in this game after Kyrie and Claxton. Uh, Getting to Nick Claxton, another career night for Clax, 27 points, 13 rebounds, 11 of 13 from the field, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. At one point, he had four straight free throws in this game, five offensive rebounds, two blocks, zero turnovers. Clax was awesome. You know, and one of the really good defenders on this Nets team. But there were even times where he got beat. But it's going to happen, obviously, when you put so much pressure on Clax to clean up all the mistakes across the board. And I think not only was there a ton of pressure on Clax at the rim in this game, but there was a lot of miscommunication about who was covering who, when to switch, when not to switch. As I as I touched on earlier, the communication is was non-existent in this game. And it, sometimes that's a simple a task that can help you achieve a competent level of defense. And the Nets weren't able to do that tonight. But again, Claxton, awesome offensively, not only defensively, but offensively, you know, showcasing his flexibility and comfort in the paint, finishing with both hands, you know, going away from the rim, at the rim, under the rim, dunking the basketball, cutting, finding the open space. You know, Clax doing a lot of good things for this Nets team on both ends of the floor. Kyrie Irving, did everything he could offensively to try to save the Nets in this one. Finished with 40 points, 14 of 27 from the field, 6 of 12 from three, five rebounds, six assists, two steals, two blocks, four turnovers. Kyrie wanted to get this win late in this game. You could tell he was starting to run out of gas given he played 38 minutes and had shouldered almost the entire load of, you know, running the offense and creating for this team. You know, Kyrie continues his excellent play. You know, this is what four straight games of really, really good basketball from Kyrie Irving and, and 
We talked about it on, on the news pod, you know, Kyrie looking for that extension from the Nets, continuing to play this way, not only offensively being elite and efficient, but defensively being engaged. You have to feel really good with his level of play this season and hoping it continues, but also worrying that he doesn't wear himself down as the season progresses because of how much of a load he has to shoulder with Kevin Durant being out. And other guys in this game we can quickly touch on. Patty Mills finished with six points, two of five, one of four from three, three assists, one rebound, one steal. Now, Patty brought some energy, but that's really what he can do, and you're only getting that in spurts. And especially when the team is playing so bad defensively, having a guy out there that can't defend anyone makes it that much harder to win a game unless he's going nuts from three. As I touched on, Markeith Morris was not good in this game. Five points, finished with 16 minutes, two of nine from the field, one of six from three, three rebounds, one assist, and another guy that can't defend. You know, if you come at him downhill, he's going to foul you or give up a layup at the rim. And that was the case. As, as I've mentioned, you know, just too many guys were bad defensively and could not contain anybody. And if you can't contain anybody, you're not going to win games. It just felt like the Pistons were able to get to their spots consistently and just either be in the paint, at the elbow, a mid-range look that they really liked in this one. The Pistons finished with 60 points in the paint. And this is a team that is not extremely talented, as mentioned. You have to ask yourself, where is the defense and how many upgrades does Sean Marks have to make at the deadline? And, you know, you potentially look at the Detroit Pistons as a team that has some players that could really help the Nets. You know, we've talked about on this podcast. We've talked about on Twitter. You know, Alec Burks, who finished this game with 20 points, 6 of 9 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, 5 of 6 on the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal. You could see the impact a guy like that would have on the Nets. And obviously, he had a really efficient game. But giving them another option that can score and also provide you a big body that is at least okay defensively. Then also looking at a guy like Sadiq Bey, who went off in this one. 10 of 19 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 25 points. Took advantage of weak defenders in the post, getting to his spots, knocking down shots, and playing with a level of energy and effort out there. And then Boyan Bogdanovich, as I mentioned, did not have a great game in this one, but could easily bounce back in the next game for the Pistons. I think it was eight straight games of 20 points for Boyan before this. He did have 11 points, six rebounds, one assist, and one steal. Not good defensively, but at least he's providing you something more than a lot of the other Nets role players. So again, this is a Pistons team that has some players that maybe the Nets could acquire before the deadline that could add to their depth because I think it's important to note The Nets need to have better players throughout the rotation because guys are bound to get hurt. And also there's going to be games that you need to win in the regular season to maintain your playoff seating. You know, as we talked about before with Jack is, you know, the Nets need to at least stay in that top five, top four area. You do not want to go in the play in and you do not want to face, you know, a great team in the first round. So it's on Sean Marks to really figure out what he has with this roster and what moves he can make. And right now, it's hard to have confidence in anyone not named Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Nick Claxton. You know, it's been a lot of inconsistent play on both ends of the floor from almost the entire roster other than those three guys mentioned. So we'll see what happens with this Nets team, how they bounce back against the Knicks on Saturday, a Knicks team that plays hard and has been playing really good basketball. And obviously there'll be some question marks. Is Seth going to be back? Is TJ going to be back? Is Ben going to be out there? And what type of defense are we going to get from this team without Kevin, without Kevin Durant? But as always, big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. 
and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com